for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What's up, y'all? <laughs> it's Golden Spaces, baby. Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. Let's get it. The Dubs just won. We recorded right after the game. Both of us on the East Coast again. We normal. And what does normal mean? That means it's vibes. It's vibes. Woohoo! Let's go vibes. Let's get it. And go guess win. what else? Guess what else, y'all? We getting a spicy justice tonight. He was talking spicy before we started. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Jada Kiss laugh. <laughs> they don't know who Jada Kiss is. They, they oh, don't. damn. Y'all don't know who Kiss is? But how do you know who Kiss is, Justin? Come on, don't do that. I'm just saying. We already, did. We already went through the this before. Them. We already went through this before. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, how would you rate my Jada Kiss laugh? It... It ain't kiss. That's all. Damn, I can't even get like a six seven, yo! Wow. Damn, Justin, he's a tough, tough judge. Okay. It's so. such a unique sound, though. It's hard to replicate. Well, I got a unique sound too. That's what I'm saying. His is unique and yours is unique, so it can't. It can't. You know what? But that's not what you said, though. That's not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. All jokes aside, it's Dubs win and the Aladome setting a record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We set an NBA history tonight. We got Dante playing like Michael Jordan. You know? I mean, right. come on. It was a vibe. It was a vibe. It was a vibe. And so what is the vibe? What are we on the vibe scale tonight, Justin? <laughs> Um, we up to an eight. We up an to an eight? eight right now. All right. Yeah. We up from <laughs> a seven to an eight, y'all. <laughs> loving yeah. it, loving it, loving it, loving it. All right. So the Warriors just got this one over the Spurs, right? Which I know this is going to be one of those games where I think people will be happy. I really don't know what the TL is saying, but... I also already can predict there's going to be people like, it's the Spurs, and they should win. So, la, 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 I don't care about none of that shit, because you know what? You're supposed to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, right? So You're supposed to demolish the teams that you're supposed to demolish. Exactly. You're supposed to do some of that. And we did it tonight with the big three not having to play at all in the fourth quarter. And to be honest, I think the only reason Andrew was even playing in the fourth was just to kind of help him find his rhythm. It wasn't because he was needed. I mean, this was a bench game, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you had some moments like Clay, you know, especially at the the beginning of the third, you know, Steph chipped in a little bit. And, um, you know, but this was a Dante, a Jordan, the rest of the bench collectively. It was their game. Yeah, all the bench guys played, I mean, Pretty much all of them played at least 18 minutes. And, yeah, they played most of the game. Dante and Jordan played 25 minutes uh, at least a piece. So Jordan played 30 minutes, 31. Yeah. Our guard depth is looking pretty, Justin. It's sitting pretty. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been like that, I feel like. I mean, Jordan has had his struggles this season, but, like, you got a team with Steph, Clay, Jordan, Dante, a guy like Moody who's clearly talented, can't even get on the court um, because it's so deep at his position. Um, so I knew going into the season we had the best group of perimeter, like guard, point guard players in the league. I still think that's the case. Um, so not surprising. Well, all right. There you have it. All right. So let's let's dig into this game. The Warriors win. They blow the Spurs out, like by 30-something plus points, right? What was the final yeah. score? They beat them by 31. Okay, so 144 to 113. I mean, for good measure, they could have just got to 150. I mean, damn, they couldn't just do that for us, but it's all good. So 144 to 113. Warriors win easily. Um, They blew it open in the second half. And, excuse me, that was it. That was all she wrote. (laughs) So um, what did you like about tonight? Because there's so many things. Um, I like that they didn't play around with them um, at certain points of the game when they really wanted to put them away and go on a run. That's what exactly what they did very early in the game. They were up, I want to say 17 to four. Then they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. And it's like, it's the Spurs and, you know, they're still trying to work through some things. So obviously the other team's going to go on a run. It's the NBA. And then the second half, I uh, really like the beginning of the third quarter. They just completely shut like the the Spurs, like water off and um, Draymond and Andre both had like really, really strong defensive, you know, a really, really strong defensive run there, just destroying everything that they did. The Spurs tried to develop and it just led to a huge run that those Warriors just didn't look back from. Okay. I mean, and obviously like Dante getting the dunk, getting 22 points, Jordan had 30, uh, had 25 points. Um, Moody, who I'm a big fan of Moody. He had 12 points and he looked pretty good out there as well. Jordan so, was not- doing some stuff on the court tonight. I mean, Dante was great and he was, and I want to big him up because I really do. But mm-hmm. we were seeing some of Jordan's bag on full display tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was looking like that score that, that we know he can be, you know, efficient from the field, eight for 16. He had like a nice little floater. In there, underhand looked like Steph. He had a um, like a fading three from the corner that looked like Steph too. That was just cast. So definitely um, complete offensive game for him this game, which is really encouraging to see after he's been kind of struggling a little bit with his offense. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let me see. Was there, because I think you named the three players that I was really, like, happy about tonight. Dante, Jordan, and Moody. So I want to dig into each of them a little bit more. But, like, was there anyone else? I mean, there were some people who thought, I saw the TL saying, like, when I was, like, when the fourth quarter was starting, I was, like, I would love it if Steph and Dre don't play the rest of, you know, the fourth. And some people were like, oh, Clay too. And I was just like, well, Clay's going to get a rest. We know that because it's a back-to-back game coming up. So I was a little less concerned about him. Um, like, if he could get it too, he could get it. That's fine. But I really wanted Steph and Clay. One, because Dre, we already know that Steve has talked about being concerned about Dre and Looney. Um, and then for Steph, because 
you know, he's not going to get into it. He's not going to talk about it. And I do think he is okay to be back. So I'm not suggesting that he's still injured, but like, I think he's, I think there's still stuff in his shoulder, right? Like it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so if he doesn't have to play unnecessarily, I like him not playing unnecessarily. Um, I wasn't worried about like his rhythm because I'm like, they about to play a back to back. Like, he can get his rhythm in the next game. He can get it against the the Bulls, hopefully, or, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. But I just, I preferred him sitting. And that is what happened. So I was happy about that. Do you have any concern over Steph getting into rhythm? Never. It's as simple as that. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like. I don't even think he looked that bad tonight. I mean. I don't think he looked bad at all. Like, he's. Yeah. I mean, like, his three wasn't like. You know, falling, falling, but like he still, you know, I don't know what he did. He shoot fifty percent from the field overall. Uh, I think so. Yeah, he shot six for twelve, two for seven from three. Like, even even if he didn't have the injury, sometimes he goes two for seven. Sometimes he goes right. You know, whatever. Yeah, and then other games he'll go like five for seven or like we know. So I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, I think he's looked good, honestly, since he's come back from injury. First game, I thought he was, like, a little rusty early on. But, like, he said he started to feel good as he went. And I felt like the game showed that. Um, What game was that? Was that versus Suns? Yeah. And so I'm really not worried about him. So, like I said, I was happy he was getting the rest because I'm really hoping that they play the back-to-back. Like, I'm hoping he is not rested for one of those two games. Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, it would be nice. They have a chance, um, you know, before they, like, go into Boston. It would be great if they could, like, be going into Boston on a three-game win streak. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, and hopefully that's what they, that's, they're they really setting out to do, can make up some ground in the standings in the meantime. And then you got Boston, Cleveland, and I think you got Memphis and Brooklyn right after that. So really tough four-game stretch. You want to get as many wins as you can before you go to that stretch. And then, you know, I mean, you're going to see Brooklyn without KD, but hopefully they go into those games like. And that's going to be at home, well. though. So yeah. they they owe Brooklyn after that ass whooping. So even if KD was playing, I'm a little less concerned about that game, especially being at home. But I would like to, you know, on this, a Boston is going to be tough. I, we know it's going to be a good game, but Boston's going to be tough. Like, they haven't beaten the Warriors since <laughs> game, game three. Three of the finals. So, they're really going to be dialed in. Although, they've lost Jalen Brown. Oh, they I lost Jalen Brown. He has an adductor strain. He had the same injury Wiggins just had. So, I don't think he'll play in that game. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't play... It's still a pretty deep team, um, and they're they're going to be playing like like it's game seven. And Tatum can <laughs> have one of those games, too. but I mean, it'll be easier for them to contain him if Jalen isn't out there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, maybe you could run into some not necessarily some luck because you don't want to see guys getting injured. But if you're running um, into Boston without Jalen Brown, Brooklyn, Demar may not be playing either in Chicago. He's missed their last two games. Yeah, I mean, even if he plays, he's. I'm just saying, <laughs> the, like, we never want injury, so let's make that clear. But right now, and and by the way, I feel like this is why 
everything always works out fine because it all comes back around. Like the Warriors had their injuries that, that hindered them, but every team is going to sort of have their stuff. And you like every team gets the benefit of that. Like sometimes you're playing teams that aren't at full strength or different things. And that's what kind of makes the NBC, the NBA season kind of like even out and like eventually mm-hmm. look how it's supposed to look. So, you know, it's not that like they should go into any of these games. Like we got this, but these are all winnable games. You know, you, you, you know, aside from it being a back to back, they have a winnable schedule for the next three games coming up before they really should probably face like real opposition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Wizards are decent, but yes, they should beat them. Is I feel like I saw something about Brad Bill. Is he out? He might be. He's always in another lineup. I know. And why does he get COVID so much? My goodness. <laughs> Isn't he an anti-vaxxer that was also vaccine, vaccinated? I mean, I don't know. I don't like to label people like anti-vaxxers. He was not a proponent of the the, the vaccine. <laughs> right. um, no, because there are people who are like not anti-vaxxers, but they just don't want the COVID vaccine. Um, but that being aside, but still, even with that, like, why is he catching COVID so many times? Like, what is he doing? And where is he, he going? Outside. He outside. No, I'm just <laughs> playing. He's he has a family. I don't know what he does. <laughs> but that is weird though. Right? Like it's just kind of bizarre to me. You know, and after that Washington game, they have two nights off before they go to Boston. So look, I would love it if they did this whole road trip four and oh. But I think, you know, it's a five-game road trip. I think four and one is very possible. And, like, if they fall in, like, a Boston or Cleveland game, I can live with that. Same. Um, yeah, at this point, I'm just hoping hoping they take it a game at a time um, and don't look too far ahead because it seems like every time we look too far ahead, they just – We do. They just, they I don't think they do. But I mean, like, look, the messaging was sort of consistent from the team. Like, we need to, like, start winning. We need to start winning. And so we need to get, like, a win streak going. So, you know, I don't know that Clay will play any of these back-to-backs. But, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know if Kerr looks at either one of these games and says, like, We'll go without Clayton. Like for the, I'm talking mm. about for Chicago, Washington. You know, like we know they're going to go all in on Boston. So that could mean that for the Cleveland game, some guys don't play. Right? We know that they're going to like Boston is there. They played them in the finals. That's you know we know they're going to mm. go all in for that. But I can't tell like for Chicago, Washington, like which of those teams you would say, okay, let's you know go all mm. in, or do you kind of like split it up? You know. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they split it up somehow. I don't know if Andre's playing back-to-back shit, so maybe they do some type of, hey, Clay, you play this game. Andre, you play the other game. Um, that type of thing. Uh, and it's just it's weird because it's like, dang, when is when is Draymond going to have to sit a back-to-back or when is Looney going to sit a back-to-back? Well, Looney's probably not. but So that's, that's what I'm more interested in seeing, how they navigate. But Steph should play. So as long as Steph's playing, they should have a pretty good chance of, of winning those games. After this road trip, at least they don't have any more back-to-backs for the rest of the month. Um, But they do have 
two in February before All Star break. Mm-hmm. So, I think one of them is New Orleans, right? Second night of back to back. No, they have. You talk about the ones in um, February. Mm-hmm. They have Denver on the second night of a back to back. So mini Denver. And then they have right before All-Star break, Washington, who comes to town, and then the Clippers. And, like, I don't know why, but I can easily see them, depending on where they are, just being like, we're just – I mean, like, on the, on on one level, the players may want to go to L.A. because it's L.A. And on another level, they may be like, man, we're not traveling there for that one game, and it's a back-to-back. And, like, mm. they don't even make the trip because then right after that is All-Star break. Yeah. When is Short on, flight no, to where- L.A., so maybe not, but – where is All Star this year? Utah. Ooh, isn't it? Isn't this one that's in Utah? That's a nasty one. <laughs> Very nasty. That's crazy. Wait, hold up. Isn't that? Yeah, Utah? they might. They might want to go to LA because they like, bro. I don't want to go to Utah for All Star, like unless except for the last few days. Yeah, Salt Lake City, yo. Yeah, they might be in LA. They might go to the Clippers game and just stay in LA for a little bit and then go to. Utah. I mean, the guys that aren't participating, I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm expecting, like, especially with this shoulder injury, I don't expect Steph to do much besides the game itself. Um, Right. And he says, I don't think think he's doing any more three-point contests in his career, he said. Yeah, but, you know, they'd be switching up. Yeah. Like, before he decides to retire, I bet you he's going to do one more, like, okay, I'm retiring, let me do it this year, some shit like that. Clay should do it. Yeah, he does want to kind of get back in the mix of things, so that might be good for him. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be up to it. We'll see. Anyway, all right. So let's let's talk about some of the players when we get back next segment individually, because you brought up one that I actually do want to talk about as well. Andre. He's been looking pretty, pretty nice. So let's let's get into it when we get back. Let's break here. Listen, you're tuned in to Golden Spaces with Justin and Nat. We will be right back. All NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, what up, what up? It's Justin and I, I think, what do y'all think about this? That for the next segment, Justin opens it up and brings us back. And let's see what his energy is like. Because I'd be all hype and he'd be like, yeah, I'm here. Like, what's up with that, Justin? You don't ever I'm be hype. mad for my energy. I do. When? This is just how I match it. Like this is this is me <laughs> hype. <laughs> this is me hype right now. Your hype? You ever see that commercial, the old NBA commercial where it's like D Rose and Tim Duncan talking on the phone? Yes. And he's like, they just brought back Foot Locker, whatever, and Tim Duncan's like, Oh my god, I'm jumping for joy. <laughs> that's how I mean that's how I be sometimes, you know? That's how you are all the time, Justin. For sure. Like, I, unless I, I'm hooping or something, like, yeah, I'm pretty much like this most of the time, yeah. So, what do you do when you hoop? Tell us, like, do you are you a, a trash talker on the court? Nah, I mean, I might if if we cool and I'm joking around, yeah. But like, if someone says something to me, then I'll say something back. Like but I'm what? not like. Tell us, tell us some Justin trash talk. 
one thing. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all um, situational. Like it's, it's whatever the person says to me, and I might flip it back on them. Whatever, and, son, in the you moment. can't get by me. You can't get by me. Son. You can't guard me. You can't guard me, son. All right, go ahead. What you say? <laughs> <laughs> what that's not something they would say on the court. I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm not from New York, so I'm not, I'm, I don't say like son like that. Right. So like, I'm saying that's what the other person is saying to you. What's your response? Like, you can't guard me, son. You can't do this. You can't stop me. What's your response? I mean, like if somebody say I can't guard them, then it's like, I'm going to just guard you. And then. Come on, Justin, give me what something. What I was supposed to say, I can, I can guard you actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, what has someone said to you to make you respond with something? Tell me and I'll uh, say it. Damn. I'll be the person. I can't. I don't know. It's rare people that talk. It's rare people talk to me though. That's the. I mean, that's another aspect to it. Oh, you people that don't really. Justin is cocky, yo. No, no, no. I'm just saying people don't really talk trash to me a lot. Why are they scared of you? I wouldn't say scared, but what would you say? What, people respect me. People respect me. Did I play? Did I play with people? Respect my game. So people. It's I rare mean, people, people respect actually people talk all the trash. time and still talk shit. I mean, they just. I guess people I play with aren't really built like that to talk trash to people that they respect like that. I don't know. Justin's fronting y'all. He don't want to tell me. All right. I can't, I can't recall. I really can't mm-hmm. at the moment. We'll move on. Just remember you're tuned into golden spaces and Odyssey <laughs> original podcast where Justin fronts and I have high <laughs> energy. So let's keep it moving. Let's get back to the dubs. Let's get back to the dubs. So, oh, you know what? I actually got one. Ah! <laughs> I was playing. I had just got my hair done. I was playing. I just got my hair braided. <laughs> <laughs> and I was playing in this league. And I like, it was the end of a quarter. I like shot a shot and like I tried to hit a buzzer beater. I missed it. And then this guy that I was playing against, he was like, yeah, them braids must be too tight. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I didn't say anything to I was like, bro, what? I was like, first of all, I just missed a shot. You had no effect on me making or missing a shot. And then once we once the game started again, like, you were like I just yeah. started destroying yeah. him. I didn't say anything right. to him. I just started killing him. Like and then he just but I want to talk, Justin. There was no talk. I never said anything. Yeah, I didn't say anything to him. Really. Now one of his teammates was like, Yo, why are you like doing this to him? I was like, he shouldn't have said anything to me. Like and then he tried to he said it all loud. Everybody was laughing. I was like, Oh, yeah, it's, it's, for you, my boy. <laughs> it's a rap for you. But I wanna know what brings it out of you. Like that's gonna be like, Yeah, what? What? Fuck no what? You know, like <laughs> what's gonna make you do that? I don't know. It had to be something really crazy though. All right. In that instance, I probably would have said something, but I was just cooking him so bad that I just felt like he got the message. I didn't really have to add on to it. So, <laughs> shout out to that guy. Shout out to oh, that guy. gosh. You're in your Justin bag like Jordan Poole was tonight, huh? Yeah, it was a pool party. Mm, okay. So, you know, like, do you think... Well, look, because, I mean, I think against bad teams, right, you use those teams to help you get back into rhythm, right, or to help you get back, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. So do you think, I mean, obviously against better teams and better defenses, like Justin, like not Justin, Poole is not just going to be able to have his way all the time. But I think this is helpful to getting him back his mojo, right? And, I mean, he's already, 
I mean, yeah, he had like a few stinkers, but he was playing pretty well when they were at home for a number of those games. Like he, he would have some mistakes or whatever, but he was, he was playing better. And so I would say ultimately that this is just a good thing for him that he showed up in this way tonight, like confidence booster. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the Spurs overall are just terrible defensively. So like you said, it's good to get rhythm back, get some shots. Um, see some, see the ball go through the basket, try some stuff and it actually works. Um, so it's kind of like a stepping stone. Like next they play Chicago, who's bad also defensively or, you know, they, they, it should be a team. It's like a step up from the Spurs, but not like the best defense in the league. And then you play the Wizards who have a slightly better defense and then you play, you know, Boston who has a slightly better defense, but they're not like as good as they were last year. Um, so it's good. It's it's a good stepping stone for him, like each way for him to just build his game back up. Um, Moody looked good tonight. He did. I'd he like did. him to he make both shots. of his free throws, though. But um, I don't know. He looks good tonight. Yeah, when you when you don't get to the free throw line a lot, and you like finally get your chance to shoot free throws, I feel like it's a little bit, um, like you get a little nervous there, um. Whereas like he's he's taken threes in the game, he's taken layups in the game. Even even in short minutes, he's still getting the shots up. So when he shoots his threes, they all look like they're going in for the most part. Like I think one of them went in and out, and then he had he made two and, and missed two. Got to the basket, um, crashed to the glass. So he can play offensively. He can play. His his biggest thing is defensively right now. He he doesn't really have a position on defense. Like he's not quick enough to guard at point of attack but he's still 20 years old and not in his grown man strength yet to be able to guard bigs or like big wings consistently, even though I think he can, he can cross match a little bit. So I think that's just his main thing that he got to work on is mainly his body, whether it's him getting a little bit faster or him getting stronger. He got to do something. How do you get faster? Um, You can work on it. Like you can just, you know, do sprints, do lateral, like do um, sliding drills and stuff like that. It's definitely very difficult to like to get legitimately faster, but you can get stronger. It's possible. Yeah, it's it's much easier to just get stronger and work on that. Um, yeah. Who's the better shooter, um, Moody or Anthony Lamb? I think right now you got to give the nod to Lamb because he's taken a higher volume and made a and made a higher percentage. At this point in the season, I think overall, like Moody's probably a better shooter. I think long term, he projects as being a better shooter as well. He can shoot, catch and shoot for sure. Um, and he's shown that he can kind of shoot off the dribble as well. So I think long term, he projects to be high 30s, maybe low 40s percent on moderate to high volume from three. So I, I would give it to Moody long term. I'll give it to Lamb right now. But I think if Moody had the same amount of attempts and the same confidence from the coaches to shoot and the same rhythm and minutes as uh, Lamb, then he would his numbers would kind of look a little bit like Lamb's. Mm, okay, you are always a much more reasonable and fair person than me. I say fuck that. It's Moody. Um, <laughs> people was really trying to tell me, oh, you know. Moody doesn't bring any like look okay I get it that Moody and Lamb are playing different positions so comparing them is 
probably not the best exercise, but I was having a back and forth on the TL, not really about like, I was just saying that Lamb sucks defensively. Like he's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's what keeps Moody off the court. It's his defense. So like, why doesn't that keep Lamb off the court? Right. And, you know, like the individual who was debating with me was just saying like, well, Lamb just brings things that Moody doesn't. I'm like, like what? You know? And they talked about shooting and I was just like, please get out of here. Like he's not right. a better shooter than, than Moody. And I said, I said, they both space the floor, you know? So I was like, what does he bring? What? What? I said, you know, so like when I'm not saying like, oh, put Moody out there in Lamb's place, what I'm saying is like we can find minutes for for Moody (laughs) by taking from Lamb is really what I'm the case I'm making and that you should be developing your lot of your draft pick versus this two way guy. That's that's the case that I'm making. And I agree. And I agree. There's so many people who think like, yo, James Wiseman should be out there no matter how bad he plays. He's going to look better. You got to develop him. And then you'd be like, well, yeah, Moody should probably be playing a little bit more. And they're like, Anthony Lamb is the GOAT. What are you talking about? He's way better than Moody. (laughs) Y'all could heard of what? Not Anthony Lamb is the GOAT. (laughs) There's a section of Twitter in the Warriors fan base that loves Anthony Lamb. Somehow, I the never Venn diagram. Hear those two things mentioned in the same <laughs> sentence, like ever. <laughs> and, ever. and somehow, the Venn diagram overlaps between Lamb lovers and Wiseman lovers. There's, there's. I mean, and I'm, I'm not against James Wiseman. <laughs> Lamb lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not against James Wiseman at all. I'm gonna put That's that out there. <laughs> but like people that like love Anthony Lamb, also think that Wiseman should just be gifted minutes when he hasn't produced, but would not would not say the same thing for Moses Moody when he's clearly shown that he can actually play out there on the court. Yeah, like people have a thing with Moody. Like I mean, um friend of the show, I won't say his name. I mean technically a friend of the show is someone who's been on, but I'm saying friend of the show because it's someone we both like interact with. But saying, you know, like I just, you know, I just don't think Moody has um progressed like from last year like he hasn't like nothing has improved and like I just don't really you know and I'm like but but how can we assess that when he doesn't get like any time on the court you know I said this is wild to me where last year people were more in on Moody than Kaminga they thought he was going to be the one who could help more and that wasn't just the fan base that was also the team essentially right like Mm -hmm. the Warriors organization they, they weren't saying that but they were just touting Moody and it was Moody 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 how do you go from that last year to this year like barely being able to crack the rotation it makes no fucking sense to me Right, right. And I, I don't understand why players have to constantly show people stuff. It's like with the Kaminga thing. Like, I'm sorry, you're never going to sell me on Kerr had to do this bullshit benching of Kaminga to get to this right now. Like, he always showed these flashes. And if you would have just let him fucking play, we would have gotten to this right now. Like, you can teach lessons why people play. That's my opinion, right? Fine, people can disagree. So now, but my whole point is like, why are y'all acting like, Kaminga didn't show the ability. Like, this is what we envisioned him doing. Why did we envision that? Because we saw flashes of it. So 
Moody showed us the flashes last year. Like, Mm -hmm. he actually almost won us the San Antonio game last year. I think one of the games, because they had two games, and one of them, like, the baby He pretty much did. I mean, he might have won them that game. There was two. Or maybe I'm thinking of Dallas. No, maybe I'm thinking of the Mavs game, where, like, they came back and he scored a lot and he played. Because the baby dubs did beat San Antonio one time. I know that. Um, And they were in it. And they were in it against Denver, and Moody dropped 30 that game. Yeah, I'm just like, he has shown us already. So what is it that makes all these people say, oh, yeah, he hasn't showed that he can do anything NBA-worthy on the court. These are some of the things people have been saying to me, and I am flabbergasted, Justin. He was noticeably better than D. Lee in the playoffs last year, who is a NBA vet. He was better than Kaminga in the playoffs last year. I mean, they put him in. The, they put him in the um, rotation against Dallas because GP two and Otto were out essentially, and he played well. He hit some shots. He played decent defense. Like he wasn't out there like just getting barbecue. He wasn't stopping a bunch of people, but he he played team ball and he played good enough for them to win. Like, I mean, what are you watching when you watch Anthony Lamb out there? Like, I don't get it. People watch. When you hit the shot or you don't hit the shot or, you know what I mean? Cause Anthony Lamb can make a thousand mistakes that are barely noticeable unless you're like really watching him in a possession or you watch the game back and stuff like that. And you see it. Um, His defensive but like, lapses are so glaring to me. It's nasty. And whenever he does anything besides maybe like a catch and shoot three, like when he tries to create for himself or like, you know, go one-on-one and, 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 and isolate, it's or nice. like just it's I'm offended by what I'm watching. So I'm like, what are people seeing? What are they seeing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, someone said <laughs> someone said I think that y'all are underrating Anthony Lamb's bruteness. And I said, Oh no, I'm not underrating it. I just don't think it is effective on the court. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's not a guy you think of. He's not a guy you see. That was good. It was. It was. <laughs> double, double meaning, double meaning, right there. <laughs> and then, yeah. Look, this is I'm not an so Anthony Lamb supporter podcast. So, like, if you are. One of the lamb lovers. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) No lamb lovers here. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that Justin is as anti-lamb as me, so I don't want to say that he feels the same as me, but you're not getting no lamb loving here. All right. Um, We talked to Moody. We talked to Poole. um, And we did talk about Dante a little earlier, but he's just been so solid and just another solid game from him. He has experience in this arena that they played in tonight but i don't think it was just the arena dante's just been like so so great this season yeah he's been hooping he has been hooping he does a lot of the things that andre used to do Um, he does it just you know you would just wish that he was andre sized and then we (laughs) then we talking about six seven three and nine again but i'm just kidding but um yeah for what i mean he rebounds he passes he defends he's been hitting shots um Today he was finishing around a rim, which he usually does not yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 
Yeah. Yeah. Damn. He's a trooper. He's I, like, I, I like, I didn't feel as strongly about Otto and um, GP2 as I do about um, Dante, um, even though I really like both of them. And I, I think it's because both of those two, their health conditions always concern me. And I look, Dante has like dealt with some health stuff too, but um, he's younger. I don't know. I feel like a little bit more secure investing in him than I did those guys, even though they were great. And I'm not trying to devalue them at all. Like Otto was so huge for us. Um, and it sucks that he's like done for this season. Um, but you know, and then same, like, you know, I mean, GP2 is playing and now he's going to have to work his way back. But again, like, look, he's missed half of the season basically. So those were always concerns I had about those two. Yeah. They were valid. Um, GP2 just started playing the season. Otto's out for the season. Maybe if they're playing for the Warriors, potentially Warriors medical staff could have took better care of them and had them ready, but they're not. And Dante had a little issue early in the season, but he hasn't missed time since then. And hopefully it'll stay that way. He said his body was feeling a little bit banged up when they were playing with nobody uh, for that stretch. But now he's back into, you know, bench player role and, and minutes. And he looks fried tonight. Yeah, got a dunk, got some putbacks, and all that type of stuff. Did you see that video where he's like, "I, I still can do it," or whatever he was saying? Like he was like, "Oh, yelling. oh," because Andre got the dunk, and he was like, "They still work." Talking about his, talking <laughs> yeah. about Andre's legs. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Andre's most uh, athletic dunk. <laughs> yeah, but it was a dunk. He did it. He did it. He completed it. And, yeah. and, 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 and so that brings us to Andre. How have you felt about Andre? I thought he's been good. Like he has been good. Games. He has been good. Super smart still, still six, seven, six, eight, still extremely long arms, still very strong. Um, so he'll be able to add value when you play against the more athletic teams that, you know, aren't full of low IQ players and stuff like that. Then maybe his value dips a little bit. His age shows. But a guy like Andre is needed against teams like San Antonio where him and Draymond can lock in for a three, four, five-minute stretch and say, all right, we're going to sniff out everything that they're doing. We're going to either pick the pass off, force a turnover, or force a, force a miss, and we're getting out and running, and there's nothing they can do about it because we've just been doing this way longer than they have. Um, so uh, I liked, I've liked what I've seen from Andre so far. He's rebounding. He's passing. He's doing all the Andre things. He's just older now. And not as athletic. And he hit a three. Cashed yeah. it. So <laughs> if, if he hits one out of three, that's that's perfect. All right. Sounds like it's a good place for us to break. Shout out to Andre. Oh man, Andre. <laughs> and oh, shout man. out shout out to, to Jordan and and Dante and Moody. Great games tonight. All right. You're tuned into Golden Spaces. It's Justin. It's Natalie. We will be right back. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. All right, we're back. It's Golden Spaces. The vibes are just 
hella immaculate right now. Hella immaculate. Just instead of eight, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It might, might, might be a nine. Like, like Warriors vibes might just be an eight, but I think like Golden Spaces vibes is like a nine. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll take that. I like that. You like that? All right. Cool. All right. Cool. So, um, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this as I remind y'all. Vote for all stars. Vote for all stars. Triple vote day. And the only reason I hadn't voted yet is because this is why I hate that they took away Twitter as an option. Because before when you could vote with Twitter, it didn't matter what time of day. You could just retweet. But once you go into the app and you vote, it's literally like a 24-hour period. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I think last night I didn't vote until like 10 something. Sometimes when it gets too late, I won't vote because like, I'm like, then it's going to fuck me over and I can't vote the next day. And I was hesitant because I'm like, this is a triple vote day. I don't want to miss it. So I was like, the 10 o'clock is still early enough. So I should be able to go in and vote now. So I am going to um vote as I um ask Justin a question because in tonight's game... they like Warriors fans are using this game as an indictment of Hurdle and everyone who has suggested that he come to the Warriors and so Justin I am just curious like and I don't even know that you think Hurdle is like the number one guy they should go after because we've talked about some other people but are you all out on Hurdle now (laughs) he's definitely not number one that's that's what I think people are like not acknowledging right here. Like I think the number one type of player they should be looking to get is a like big wing forward that can play center, um, that can stretch the floor and allows you to play lineups where you can play um, somebody that can play with Draymond, somebody that can play with Looney, somebody that can maybe stand alone as a five in a in a lineup, somebody that can allow you to play Looney with them and Kaminga you know, multiple non-spacers and stuff like that. So essentially what the, the role that Otto played last year. Um, so guys potentially that can fill that role is like a Kuzma or something like that, you know, like just in that ballpark. So Pirtle isn't that type of player, but what Pirtle does, um, the team can still use, right? Uh, defensive anchor that allows Draymond and Looney to get rest throughout the game, throughout the season, um, rebounds can pass well, extremely well. Finishes around the basket. I believe he's fourth in the league in field goal percentage. Um, so no, I am not out on Pirtle at all. What do you say to the people who think he's too duplicative of Kevon Looney? Um, that's like <laughs> I don't want to use this analogy. That's like saying if you can have two good players, then why wouldn't you have two good players? Is what. That's that's my thing, right? For one, if you can have 20, 20 minutes of Looney and then 20 minutes of another player who's also elite defensively but allows both of them to remain fresh the entire game, then why wouldn't you want that? Um, Looney was a positive player in the playoffs last year. So if you can have even more Looney, how is that a bad thing? For one. For two, so I don't I think, think he's... The argument is, for one... You may not get to keep him after this season, so it's only for like half. Oh, a season. I got, I got another one for that too. And you're and you're giving up, <laughs> you know, the guys that you drafted. But go ahead. So with that one, you look at it. 
like this, right? If you throw in a draft pick to get him, then I can understand being apprehensive to acquire him, knowing that he potentially could just be a rental, right? When you look at the contract situation on the team now, you consider that James Wiseman's contract goes up to $12 million next year, and then Draymond's contract goes up as well. It's going to be at $26 million if he accepts his player option. Um, if he declines it and they re-sign him at a bigger price or somewhere near that, the tax bill is still going to be near the number that they said they don't want to go over or whatever the case may be. So in a way, either James Wiseman or Draymond Green won't be here next season. Right. Or they'll keep both and pay that tax bill and pretty much fool fool everyone into thinking, you know, they already fooled us and thinking that they weren't going to pay it. But if they end up paying it, then, OK, that's a different thing that we didn't expect. Um, so somebody's not going to be here next year. Whether it's Wiseman, Draymond or Pirtle, <laughs> one of them not going to be here next year. Um, so the whole rental thing, it just it falls on deaf ears for me because the money situation already makes it tough for us to retain all the players that we have on the team this year. So unless you say, Hey, I don't want to throw in a pick, a future first round pick or a future, whatever to San Antonio to get a guy that's not going to be here. Then cool. I understand that, but I don't understand the whole contract situation thing. Um, yeah, what's what's another point that that, that people bring up? <laughs> no, I mean, I think you've gotten all the points. Um, well, people people have somehow convinced themselves that Pirtle's not good. That's another thing, or at least they're just <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to lie and say that he's not good to make themselves feel better about like taking the stance against acquiring him. Um, he's top fifteen this season in shots contested within six feet of the rim. And he and team and people shoot five percent worse than they usually shoot when they're shooting against him at the rim. So he's objectively a very good rim protector. Um, he rebounds the ball well. He talks on defense. He's actually very athletic, despite the narrative that people are trying to push on Twitter that he's a stiff. Um, he moves his feet extremely well. He's very mobile up and down the court. Um, all it takes is just you know a little Google search and just watch some film on him, and you'll you'll figure that out. Um, just because he's tall and white does not mean he is slow. And um, yeah. So I think though, you were making a really important point um, before we actually started recording. And I think it's like, if he didn't look effective tonight, the Warriors are one of the few teams that have the ability to do that. So if we get him, that wouldn't be a big deal because he'd be with us and not playing against us. So other teams we'd be playing wouldn't be able to take him away. For sure. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is if he's playing on the Warriors, he'll be surrounded by way more better defenders on the perimeter that can better funnel guys into him and provide pressure behind the ball handler to make their shots even tougher rather than playing on the Spurs where all their guards suck on defense. Like all their wings suck on defense. So it's you literally like, sort of like a Utah Jazz situation before, like – Donovan Mitchell left with like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy, like that kind of a thing. Similar. Yeah. Where like those guys on the jazz were a little bit better than these guys. And Rudy's a little bit better than a lot bit better as a rim protector than Perto is. But yeah, similar concept. If you put him on a team where there's better perimeter defenders, he's going to look even better as a rim protector. That's why a guy like Robert Williams last year looked, you know, amazing. And he is amazing, but 
everybody on the perimeter on Boston's team last year could guard. So when they're when you're getting past one of those dudes and they're still applying pressure to you and you run into a guy like Rob Williams at the at the rim, it's hard to score against that, against that team. So in my opinion, if you put Pirtle on this team and you got Kaminga on the bench with him and you got Dante on the bench with him funneling guys into him, it's going to be extremely hard to score against him, right? Whereas now we're relying so much on Dre to anchor the first unit and the second unit's defense. And it's just a tough ask for him to do this for a full season and the playoffs. We um, saw a bench unit tonight that did not include Draymond or Lou. I mean, Wiggins, and they performed well. And that was versus Spurs, but they performed well. Yeah, I mean, I would have to see it for for an extended period of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just helps to also just have a big body. And I put a I put a poll out on Twitter, I want to say last week, and I said, how would you rather build your defense, right? Would you rather have a team full of guys who can rotate and guard point of attack and switch and do all those things to prevent players from even getting to the rim? Or would you rather have an elite rim protector at the rim and you just have guys funneling them into that player? And it started out a bunch of people were picking the first option to say, I want the team that can rotate and and talk and switch and guard point of attack. And then a bunch of other people started responding afterwards and say, no, I would much rather have B one because historically that has led to more high-level defenses, and two, it's just such an easier defense to employ um, over the course of a full season. And, I, I mean, I think I agree. I would Ideally, you want to have both, right? If you acquire Pirtle, you have both. It's another point that I'm trying to make. You have the, the, the A team where if you want to go small with Draymond at the five and you want to just prevent shots at the rim by just switching everything, you can do that. But if you want to say, all right, let's give Draymond and Looney a rest, put Pirtle out there, okay, just funnel them into Pirtle. Right. We don't got to switch everything. We can run drop and teams just won't be able to get a layup. Right. So just being able to have options. And that's what they did in 2015 and 16. They had Bogut there. They could just funnel people into Bogut and he just stopped everything or they can go death line up and you just can't get to the rim at all. So that's just my my main thing with Pirtle, why he would really help this team. This is why I keep Justin around, y'all, because he's a brilliant <laughs> Brilliant basketball mind. You just taught me so much, Justin. Really. I'm not trying to like be funny. Like he is. I always would call him the Tim Legler of Twitter. Um, he's just so smart. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I really don't have anything to say back to that because it makes perfect sense to me. I wasn't out on Purtle anyway. Um, I, in general, just think we need a, a, a ninth guy and it should be someone in the front court. And that's just like my belief. Um, and I just don't think that person currently exists on the team. I understand that it was supposed to be Jermichael. I understand that the hope was that maybe Wiseman could get there. Um, I don't think that they're going to give PBJ a real try, but the likelihood is as a rookie, he wouldn't get there either. So mm. we just don't have it on the team. Um, and yes, an eight man rotation in theory is enough for the playoffs, but Kerr usually likes it to be, I think, a minimum of nine. I mean, unless you're counting Andre as like a ninth guy, you know, but even still, that still leaves your front court like lean, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I just think we need another guy. And so interesting decision tonight that Ty Jerome, not Ty Bowman. Ty Jerome um, 
I almost actually um, tweeted the other night, like, hi. Ty Jerome did not play tonight because they're trying to be mindful of his contract for, like, mm-hmm. the two-way but n- but they don't seem to be wanting to be mindful. Now maybe they felt like they had enough guards so they like it's a little different. But I I was also wondering does that mean that they don't care about using up Lamb's spot because they plan to sign him or yeah, I wasn't sure, but it was interesting to me. I think the two-way guys are like break glass in case of emergency type of deals where it's like okay, all of our guards are back. We don't need Ty to play. We'd much rather wait until guys may get injured again or, you know, a new guy gets injured and someone needs to step up or someone's sitting at back-to-back and then we can play him. Whereas with Lamb, we have three front court players out and PBJ just got sent back to the G League. So it was like, we need another front court player, right? We only have... What did you think about that? I would have liked if PBJ came and, and, and played some minutes. Yeah. People think- are like, you don't want to stunt his development. I'm like... How is playing against actual NBA players stunning his development? Like, even if it's spot minutes, how is that not better? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But multiple people said that to me. And I'm like, am I stupid? You're not. I mean, playing with playing <laughs> with the guys you're going to be playing with in the future when you actually get called up and won't be asked to play in the G League anymore would be better for your development, right? Playing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond and Jordan Poole and all these guys who you are going to be playing with for the next few years. Versus actual NBA players. Against, yeah, against an actual NBA team <laughs> getting coached by Steve Kerr. How is that stunning your development as opposed to going to the G League and playing with guys you're probably never going to play with again after this year against players that you're never going to play against? Again who you likely can dominate. Right. I so, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, so, I mean, the only part of it that made sense to me was, like, okay, fine, if they felt Kaminga was coming back soon or, like, and Michael, but, I mean, Kaminga practice, so, and I don't think Jermichael has yet or Wiseman, so that would lead me to believe that Kaminga's probably going to get back sooner, but... Why, like, why not then just have him there until those guys come back, right? So mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed to see that they were sending him back um, to the G League. But, you know, you know, people were telling me, oh, yeah, no, he needs development because he's not ready to, like, do certain things. And I'm like, is he any less ready than some of the other people we're putting out? Like, I just, I don't understand when people say these things. Like, bro, like, are you watching the people who are, like, going out on the court now? Like, I'm just, I don't get it. Develop the fucking guys we drafted, yo. Develop the Mm. fucking guys we drafted. Because your plan is actually that these are going to be the guys. You don't want to go out and get vets. Like, you eventually want this to be the guys who are the supporting cast. So how do they fucking become the supporting cast if you don't play them and develop them when you have the opportunity to do it? And when they've shown that they can actually be positive to neutral level contributors to a game. Yeah, PBJ played well! Right. Right. Again, I don't want to bash the guy, but this is not like a Wiseman situation where he was tanking a lot of the games, right? So they had to send him back to the G League. He came back and he played better, right? 
this is not that case. You know, PBJ played well in spurts in different games, and he actually played really well in some games. And Moody the same way. When you're saying you're concerned about Draymond and Loon, right? right. So, and and the other guys are not there. So why not bring him? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, <laughs> that conversation was happening. Um, you know, I don't ever fully understand the things the Warriors do. And, of course, there's always that contingent of people like, why are you questioning them? They won, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I question everything. That's first of all. Um, and just because they won doesn't mean that everything in the process was perfect, right? And so, um, and, I like, I'm still one of those people who still don't think the Warriors have the best track record of developing, you know? So... Mm-hmm. I mean, someone tried to argue with me talking about Steve Kerr developed Steph Clay and Dre. I'm like, no, the fuck he didn't. Those guys developed under Mark Jackson. What are we? What are he we developed them so fast to? that they won a championship in his first season there. He developed yeah, them from the very first game. History. I don't care how crazy <laughs> people think Mark Jackson is. We're not going to disrespect what he did. And we're not going to take what he did and give that credit. I'm sorry to a white man like it's not happening like the black (laughs) coach mark jackson developed them he did right like it's fine to say kerr came in and and took things to another level but they developed under mark jackson they did i mean they just absolutely did and i mean not even under just mark jackson like stephen clay went played team usa yeah they developed under that it's just you know draymond really came into the league kind of ready to play Right, basketball. He's four year college player at, under Tom Izzo, and he came into the league and all that type of stuff. But yeah, Mark Jackson definitely played a huge role in in him being able to play, like find a find a role, and then obviously Steve Kerr put him in like the best possible position for him. But those guys were already ready once Steve ready Kerr got there. He he just, came. Steve exactly. Kerr just put the pieces in place to where it all worked together and it maximized all their skill sets. But they were they were already made like you can't come into a team first year and develop them into a championship team first year. And then <laughs> that the training argument, camp, oh, the then, greatest training camp of argument, all time. Then the argument switched to, um, and he turned players into assets like Damian Lee and Patrick McCall. And I just was like, okay, I can't even hmm. talk to you right now. Where are most of these players now? What are they even doing? What assets did he turn them into? And even all of those players did not develop under him. They they brought up GP2. I said GP2 was going around the league. He developed in the G League. Damian Lee was in the G League. Like, all of these players, most of them were developing in the G League. They brought up Loon. I said, yeah, Loon developed under Kerr, but it wasn't Kerr. Loon, do, do people remember that Loon was just away, like, for extended period signs of the G League. He wasn't even like with the team. Right. So it's like, you know, again, because I know people think that I just like don't like they also, to bash him, but he does not have a track record of actually developing players. They quite literally revamped their entire development staff. Exactly. Like, two years ago, last year, because of, because of this. <laughs> and there was a whole like, well, his job is to get the team to win. Sure. But he's the coach and it's also the coach's job to develop players. Right. And, you know, some people are like, he didn't come on for that job. I said, well, I, like, 
I don't see how a coach cannot come on like at all with the idea of never developing a player. Like that's just a part of their responsibility. But even if you want to say that, they develop players that they drafted players that need to be developed. So at some point it became his job. So, you know, it is what it is, right? Like we cannot agree with the two timeline things, but the fact is that it is happening and that's what you've committed to. And so why are you not fucking developing the players that we've drafted? I don't Mm -hmm. understand. I just, I think they would benefit more from being here than being away at the G league, you know? And so when they can get minutes to play. And so I, I do disagree with that unless they are not helping the team, like you said. And I think there's only one player who falls under that. Um, though I will give him some credit and say he did, you know, look a little better in the last couple of games he played. I think people are trying to take that little overboard though. I don't think he looked that good that I'm convinced <laughs> that, was, that he's going to be able to help us for the playoffs. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen though. Yeah. Um, by the way, people were having, um, a meltdown the other night because the Warriors fell out of sixth place. Oh no, God forbid when the standings are one game apart. So the Warriors (laughs) right now are currently in seventh because the Phoenix Suns lost and, um, they have a chance potentially to move up to six tonight. I don't know. How's that? How's that game going? It's right now 61 Clippers they... are up. Mm-hmm. So Jokic isn't playing tonight, and the game is in LA. So I don't know if I trust Denver enough to pull that out, but um if they do, the Warriors go to six, and if they don't, they're in seventh. Um so yeah, anyway, like people were just like very hung up on like they lost a really big chance, like you know, they were at six and they could I'm like, I don't think that opportunity is gone from them, guys. Um, so I, I didn't understand all the talk, but they're already back at seventh with a chance to move to six tonight. So we'll see what happens there. But that that's that's where the standings are. Um, and then Draymond was talking. He was talking a lot. So I thought I'm, I'm only bringing that up because you mentioned that, like, somebody may not be here next year. And Draymond boldly told Taylor Brooks in an interview that, like, the writing looks like it's on the wall in terms of him maybe not being a warrior. Um, there were a lot of, there were some clips put on social of his interview with Taylor Rooks. I did not see anything beyond those clips and I don't have any desire to listen to the interview, but I've heard that some parts of the interview were worse <laughs> than what was even put on Twitter. Like that he was kind of like, not like kind of like this is what led to the argument and kind of like what was said and like still that how he apologizes but then doesn't want to really take like full ownership right so mm-hmm. look Bleacher Report and Taylor I'm sure decided what they wanted to promote and put on the 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 you know for the public to see anybody can go and watch and listen to the full thing again I don't have a desire to um I think it's ironic that Draymond called Katie a bitch. And the reason that blow up happened was apparently because of like, they were just tired of like Katie letting all the stuff linger, right. About his decision. And like, now you're out here talking to the media and kind of creating the same kind of fucking nonsense. Like, like why, like, you don't have to do interviews and talk about Jordan, by the way, it's not like you can just, 
decline to talk about that. Um, and you also don't have to talk about like what's going to happen with you. You can just continue to say like, I'm focused on this season and we'll see what happens. Like, ideally, I would love to be a warrior for life. Like you said that, but you also said, oh, the writing's on the wall. Like, I just don't see why. Because, and by the way, people, the writing's on the wall still doesn't mean that Dre won't be here next year. He has right. an opt-in. And like, to me, I think that he, he, he's going to opt in. Um, because I just, I don't see a team that's going to pay Dre that he'll want to go to. Right. So like, there might be a team that wants to pay him, but like Dre is not trying to go to a bottom feeder <laughs> that has like no chance of making the playoffs and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, I just think you at a minimum will probably still have one more year of Dre. So like, I don't even think it's as immediate as he made it sound. So it's like, even if he does somehow end up not being a warrior, I still think there's probably like another year of like of Dre. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. So that, mm-hmm. that's kind of my thoughts on that. But I wish he would just not talk about stuff like that in interviews. And again, he's free to talk about whatever he wants. But it's just sort of ironic that that was sort of the issue with KD. And, like, now you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think all signs are pointed to him still being here. I mean, for the for the near future. I just think the money involved, like, teams are just not going to want to take on that contract. I think he ultimately, like, he really wants to stay in Golden State just because of, you know, outside of all the legacy stuff and, his relationship with the guys, I think it's just best for his brand to stay with the, with the Warriors clutch probably wants him to stay with the Warriors for that reason as well. Um, so I think for real, for real, like overall, it's just him trying to send a message to the front office, kind of like the Jimmy Butler thing where it's like, bro, y'all really need me. I understand how the business aspect can make it seem like y'all, you know, y'all have an opportunity to, to let me walk based on the business, right? You got these young guys like that y'all are trying to pay, you know, trying to keep, but ultimately I, I should be here. Um, and I think he's just trying to send that message, but I just can't see him being like, yeah, I'm going to just leave. I'm going to just leave Golden State. I'm going to just leave Stephen Clay. And I'm going to just and leave all that money on the table for next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm going to just leave all that money and I'm going to leave the, ch- the chance to continue to play with the guys I've been playing with for a decade and we have the best team and all like all these things. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, I mean, like, look, the Warriors, like, we already know how they get down. They did it with Looney. They did it with, and I get it, that those, none of those guys are Draymond. But they're ultimately going to let the market dictate your salary, you know, unless like especially if you're coming and we already know how clutch negotiates. If you're coming with a number that they don't want to pay. They're going to let the market set your salary, you know, and then they'll decide like if they want to meet it. And so it's like. That's what it's going to come down to. They're not just going to come out and offer you like some big max or whatever, whatever. I don't know what he's thinking, but. They're going to let the market dictate his salary. As they probably should. So, and we'll see, because I'm just not convinced of what the market will pay him. And I don't know if he wants to be in a rude awakening for that either. (laughs) I think he's smart. He knows. I think he knows, but he also, like Andre did this the same way. Where it's like, I'll leave. You don't, you know, it's like, 
keep playing. I'll leave. It's like, bro, you're not going nowhere at the end of the day. Like, you know, you're not going to get more money elsewhere. He, he has to know. I think he's too smart to not. I mean, I think, and I think clutch, you know, for all the things that go along with them, they know as well. So. I'd be surprised if he's no longer. I'd be surprised. That's all I'm going to say. One other thing I want to point out just very quickly, because people have been like, oh, like what team have you seen to this point have this kind of record and still go on to win the championship? As though Boston getting there last year, even though they didn't win, getting to the finals is not recent enough to know that like just because your record is kind of like this at the midway point, that it's an impossibility of you, you know, excelling. Um, we've talked about this already on this podcast in that, like, yeah, traditionally, if you're a 500 team, you're probably not going anywhere at this point, but we have to always look at the circumstances of why that team was like a 500 team. Like if this team was intact all season and they had a 500 record to now, I think we would be looking at them differently. You've lost your best two players for a chunk of the season, you know, um, we know in the beginning, although I don't know why people like can't wrap this around this head, they were trying to develop their young talent. It didn't work out. They were leaning very hard into that, and that was hurting them. So they stopped leaning into that. Things start to turn around. Their guys got hurt. So I feel like this is like now the third version of the Warriors that we're seeing for the season, right? Like, to me, this is, like, the third iteration. And then the fourth and final iteration will be, like, when we truly have everyone back healthy, meaning, like, Kaminga's in there. Because I think Kaminga's a really important piece, right? Um, So, like, the first iteration is, like, what they were trying to do at the beginning of the year. Then it was, like, after that road trip, they sent Wiseman down. And then there was, like, that second iteration of, like, the Dubs, right? Actually, I would say this is the fourth iteration. Then you had the third iteration, which was without Wiggs and without Steph and and that version of the team that played. And now we're on to, like, the fourth one. And so, like, I I just wish people would stop harping so much on, on these things. But I also want to remind people that we did actually get to the 20 wins before we got to the 20 losses. Because if you want to look at markers, that did happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in... in- we as a Warriors fan base knows better than anyone that just because something hasn't happened yet does not mean it will not happen. (laughs) Exactly. Just like there were no teams to ever blow a 3-1 lead in the finals. You didn't have to say it, Justin. We could have just just left it at the innuendo because we all knew what you were talking about. Wasn't there something last year that like, it was like no team has won the championship doing something last year that the Warriors did, and then they ended up winning the championship. I forgot what it was. It was like, and there's beat also the like how, like in the last however many years, it's always been the top ten offense and defense. But the Warriors did win the finals going in that year, being a, a number eleven defense. You know, so yeah. things, you know, it don't happen until it happens. So you could say, you know. Oh, historically, this has to happen, or this has happened in the past, and only the champions have done this. Okay, we'll see when the champion, whoever the champion is this year, however many categories they fill in, they fill in, but it hasn't happened yet. So we're going to see. And what we do know, what we do know is that no team wants to see the healthy Warriors. So, no, like, we're not even like Memphis could lie and say, oh, yeah, they don't care. They care. They care. Oh, yeah. They definitely care. Nobody wants to see the Warriors with Purtle, man. I'm joking. I'm (laughs) joking. 
What your takeaway from that conversation should just be that Justin and I both feel that they need another person and we hope they go after it, you know, somehow, some way. Um, but there's a, there's plenty of guys that would be great. People just decided to take a very weird stance specifically against Pirtle. So I had to like (laughs) kind of set the record straight on that, but there's other guys that I would love to have, even if we don't get Pirtle. I'm just saying that. (laughs) all right this longer extended edition of golden spaces but you know what when the vibes are good you get more content so i thought this is a great healthy discussion and we appreciate you guys tuning in with us for this long um we will be back we will be back um but for now this is it so thanks for tuning in you know what to do subscribe follow share rate review all of that stuff um and on twitter and instagram you can find us at golden spaces pod until next time guys take care